actually recording okay now we are on officially with the uh, recording here recording there i haven't set this stuff up in a while jeremy ruche is sorely missed today <laughs> how long has it been since uh, since you've done that since i set all this yeah. up oh man at least a year way at above least. your pay grade huh oh yeah yeah we're coming in a little hot to this but i don't even know how to fix it anymore <laughs> <laughs> i don't even remember uh, yeah, it's it's been at least a year since I had to set all this stuff up. All right. So, welcome right, to the show. Uh, middle of December, Jay Hosick, not Hosack, because that is a whole lot funnier. That is a whole lot funnier. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and here's the weird thing, and Rich Lamborn, of course, welcome back, Rich. Nice uh, to be here again. God, nice to have you over. How long has it been since you've been here? It's been quite a while. It's been quite a while. During the summertime, I don't uh, get too many Mondays free to come do this, unfortunately. And, and neither did I, hence the <laughs> sudden demise of the net live. <laughs> so welcome to the show, boys and girls. We're just going to hang out for, what, we have an hour and a half or so with Rich on his time and, uh, and Jay on your time out here recruiting, right? Yep. Just before heading down to Mexico for the holidays. Oh, no lovely Pittsburgh Mexico! For you or what? Why no, no, Pittsburgh. No, listen, I, I, the timing of the women's final. I know we're not allowed to call final four, but you know, come after me. Who cares? the The whole final four thing for me is, it's all about timing, and it keeps getting pushed later and later into the month. And you know, Mexico is way more exciting for me to go with my family and go down there and play golf and drink little drinks with umbrellas in it in the whole yard. So drink little drinks. When it's when it's uh when it's closer to the middle of the month I can I can go to that, but it's it's too late this year. So I will be uh I will be bummed that I will not be there. I don't know what you did, but I can't hear me anymore. You, you'll have to turn yourself up over oh, there. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm messing with the level so the people that are listening at oh. home are not getting blown out by oh. all of this. Well, uh, they were earlier. They were are, you, are you going to Pittsburgh? No. And you, Rich? No. I only go if Kevin pays for me to go. And <laughs> that's that happened what three years in a row? I think it was a pretty good streak we had going. It was there. a good streak. Yeah, I'm actually. Although I, I paid for him to go in. March or April by the time I got the check to him. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm bummed that you guys are, are going to be done by the time the national championships comes to our gym. I'm really disappointed about that. Yeah, and you know what I'm disappointed about is the fact that I can't get to that Final Four either. Oh, what? Well, because the AVP schedule is over the top of yeah. the men's final, not yeah. to mention the women's beach thing. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, so, is that this year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're hosting in 2020. Oh, awesome. I was supposed mm-hmm. to be in the basement with the J-Cade and yeah. occasionally run out. We had your room all saved up. We had thin mints on the uh, yes. on the pillows and everything. Yeah. Stephanie was excited to make food for everybody. Well, it's still going to be a hotel at my house. There's going to be at least 15 people there, 20 people there the entire week. Yeah, it'll still so, be fun. It'll still be a blast, yeah. and uh, But I was really looking forward to having you guys there. We, we could have done a holiday spectacular in the middle of the week at my house. Uh, and right. done a little fun, you know, roll up to the whole thing. But, no, it's it's going to be a great time. We're excited to host, and, you know, the the country, the volleyball world will be uh, descending upon Fairfax, Virginia in May. So, it'll be cool. I like it. Yeah. Hold, hold still for one second. All right, start moving, Jay. That is your, it is your headset. I'm, All right. I, <laughs> go, go over there in that little container and grab a different headset. You've been ousted. <laughs> that was a fun little exercise. It's that one. Which one? No. Yeah, yeah, in, in the bag. In the bag. In the bag. Did I, uh, I don't know if Tall Slim Tees is still a sponsor of the podcast or not. Uh, technically, yes. So I didn't I was, really charge them, though. 
recently up in Provo, just uh, hanging out with Sean Olmstead. Yep. And and watching his guys practice a little bit. And I, uh, I'm driving home, stop in St. George, and at the gas station, this car pulls up that has tall slim tees. Was it Dan DeCuster? On, do you know? Are there two guys that own it? Because it may have been Dan. I, and I apologize to him for not remembering his name. But I, you know, I talked to him. I said. Do you own Tulsum Tees? And he goes, "Sure do." And I go, "Yeah, I, I uh, on occasion sit in with Kevin <laughs> on the Net Live, and right on. And then you know, you sponsor a bunch of the guys on the AVP." He didn't even offer me a shirt, which was fine. But here's here's a funny thing. So without a return address, which makes me think of the Texas troll, <clears throat> these were sent here. What is this company? I, I'm sorry, Tulsum Tees. Is this one wine number three? Yes. Okay, thank you. I just want to... Tall Slim Tees. So these were sent here uh, by someone. I'm not sure whom. But <laughs> this this is a small yeah. for Jeremy. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, and here's the back. Tech guy? No. <laughs> <laughs> does, that, does that fit super tight on him, too, like a, well, uh, like a rash guard? Well, small should fit him actually properly. I, uh, here's Jeremy texting me. He's probably annoyed with the sound. <laughs> Being lazy and using clicking headsets, I see. Oh, nice. Yes. I'll try not to move. We're trying to fix it. Trying to fix it. Those are tall, slim tees. These Those are tall, slim tees, and I got the V. They gave me the, the classy V. And then I, I can't remember what it was that got said, but I'm <laughs> sloppy, apparently. <laughs> I can't remember who that was. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's always good when you haven't texted somebody in a while. In fact, I haven't texted Jeremy in a while. And the last thing I texted him was a Coldplay logo. Not sure why that's the case, but that was it until he just said uh, using clicking headsets. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's, it's I, that one headset that Jay had on that really. Is is it not doing it now? Not as much. Okay. I was just disappointed to find out that your name carried zero weight in getting me any free <laughs> stuff from the Tulsum <laughs> Tees guy. I've exhausted that. It's like a mine, Rich. I've already taken all the ore out of the, out of the mine. You fell into the abandoned well, <laughs> abandoned mine shaft. At the same time, I don't think they make any sleeveless options, so who cares, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sun's out, guns out. <laughs> Reaches in. Hey, bro, don't you be a professional and keep your shirt on. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. I do need my memory jogged at times. Oh, man. Can I, can I interview Jay for just a couple Please, minutes? Please, I don't even need to be here today. Here it comes, ladies okay. and gentlemen. Here it comes. No, I, I have some legitimate questions oh, for you. Oh, okay, okay. How, how old are you? I just turned 50 in October. Did you really? I did. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm, I'm now on the back nine of life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, you probably passed that a little while back. But, uh, <laughs> That's what are you saying? My life expectancy I mean, is not. 100? Let's be honest. None of us are seeing a hundred. Um, yeah, I'm surprised they made it here. As a, you know, have you ever heard the theory that like you look at uh, presidents, you know, and they go into office looking a certain way, and then four years later they look like they aged about seventy years. Yes, just from the weight of the office. Yeah, I am. I feel like. That can happen to coaches a lot as well. Would you agree with that or disagree with that? I, I it, it, serious answer. A funny answer is, uh, yeah, without question. I think it's. I think it happens. You see gray hairs develop mm-hmm. quickly. I, I think the. I think the less serious but still pertinent is. I think it depends on where you go. Sure. Uh, you know, if you're, 
if you're coaching women's volleyball and you're in a top 25 program and there's a lot of pressure on you to be successful and the boosters are you know looking at you like, hey, why do we only have 20 wins and not 25 wins or whatever the case is, I think it could cause that to be a little bit more uh, amplified. But, you know, when you coach men's volleyball, uh, and, I, and I mean that with all due respect, obviously, that's, it's a lot less uh, rigorous and hectic. Uh, for obvious reasons, I think it's not quite as prominent. But the, the funny thing—it's it, funny you asked that. Somebody asked me the other day, "What was, what was something that I I did not anticipate becoming a head coach of a of a Division One program?" And the the reality is, the first year, and it and it's it's lingered every year since, but it's getting less and less. The first year. I wasn't waking up in the middle of the night going, oh, you know, I got this rotation figured out. I'm going to put this practice together. It's going to be fantastic. My first year was, did I get the airplane tickets? You know, or did I, did I reserve the hotel rooms? Like that was, uh, that was a little bit crazy at times. And I would be up at nights just, and I, my wife is a notorious list maker and she's awesome at being a taskmaster and getting things done. And I am not. By, by any standard. And you would think at this point in my life, I would learn to do those things to put my mind at ease and be able to wake up in the middle of the night and go, I have a list for that. I know I'll take care of it the next day. And it just hasn't permeated my skin yet. So um, so you're on the back nine still trying to figure out what you scored on hole seven. Exactly. Okay. I'm, I'm like, why did I miss that chip on hole seven <laughs> when I, you know, and I'm, how am I going to be able to make that up in the next drive and crush it 400 yards? And yeah, yeah. 400. <laughs> yeah. Ambitious. Yeah, ambitious. Very yeah. ambitious with a two iron, no less. So, you know, well, I, the reason I asked all that is because you have an impressive lack of gray hair, especially for somebody 50 and somebody who has, uh, you know, a, a responsible jobs such as you do well i appreciate that i do have more gray hair than than uh than i had probably in the last 10 years that i've been coaching but um yeah i mean i don't know it's jeans <laughs> you know but but also being at a place that's not uh grinding me to the ground every day and, and and wondering why i'm not you know winning national championships every year it's it's a place where they allow me to build a program correctly from the ground up we're, we're, you know, four years into it, going into five, and we're, we're making good strides. Uh, and my ads are all happy with me, and my families of, of the kids are all happy with me, and the kids are, you know, hopefully happy with me. And and I've got a good staff, and you know, you put all those things in place, and it's it's easier to go home every day, going, yeah, today was a good day, and you know, go about the rest of my life. So you know, I, it could be a lot worse. I know that for sure. But you, I mean, how old are you now, Rich? I'm 44. 44. Yeah. The Reggie Still Jackson. has eligibility at BYU. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a Going into degree. my Richard sophomore year. <laughs> <laughs> do you really have eligibility left? No. Oh, I was going to say, that's crazy. How would you, how would you not do that at, uh, at BYU? Fulfill that. And, uh, and, and obviously, you are coaching on the beach and, yeah. and doing lots of other things. What, what are you noticing? What are some of the things that that you on a day-to-day basis, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year, is it grinding you to, a, to a, you know, more gray hairs than you'd like? Because you don't look a day over 43. Yeah, right? Uh, I, well, I'm in the sun a lot, so I can just sprinkle lemon juice in my hair and combat the grays that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's certainly interesting uh, being a coach. It's, it's vastly different, I would argue, from – from your position because uh, the players are a lot more autonomous, right? I'm, I, I always say that the power dynamic is reversed 
on the beach in that I'm an employee of the players. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Particularly in college, you're you're in control of the whole show there, right? Right. Um, and I kind of serve at the player's pleasure, so to speak. <laughs> right? So it's like, uh, you know, my hacky joke about it is I, I say the same types of things you say, but I end them all with a question mark. <laughs> right? <laughs> all right, guys. Practice is tomorrow at 9. <laughs> is that okay with everyone right? that's i didn't even think about that that's that's true that would make sense yeah it's interesting and you know i'm very fortunate because the two guys i coach uh i, I think handle things properly you know it's it's kind of fascinating to have navigated a little bit the beach landscape for a few years now and i mean really this is uh this is not to slight the players but uh, a lot of them don't have any idea what they're looking for in a coach, right? And so they sort of have no idea of how to go about getting what they need. And so what that creates, I think, sometimes is this sort of high turnover because, you know, I, you see it a lot with the partnerships as well. Like, oh, I want to win, and if I don't win, I immediately – think there's something better out there and I try and go to the next best thing. Uh, and, you know, most people find out that <laughs> the grass isn't, in fact, greener over there, right? Uh, and so I'm, I'm very fortunate to work with somebody like Jake who, throughout the course of his career, has approached things, in, in my opinion, uh, the correct way where he kind of surveys the landscape, does his due diligence up front, so that when he makes a decision on his partner, his coach, all the people surrounding him, he's in it for the long haul. He's in it through the ups and downs. He's kind of staying that course because he believed in that from the get-go. Is is that a product of, and I don't know very many beach players anymore, but is that a product of them not being aware uh, self-aware of what they need. Nobody's ever asked them, hey, let's let's sit down and discuss your thoughts about the future, what you want now, your one, three, five-year plan, whatever the case is. Is that is that a product of that per se? Or is it because the athletes themselves are changing and they're not, they don't have that ability to slow cook something. They got to have fast food right away. Uh, well, you get a little bit of both maybe. Um, and, and that's why I say, I don't mean to say that to slight the players because if you ask me, I couldn't tell you what I would describe as, you know, what constitutes a good coach. Like, I mean, now I could, I think, because I've been in that world a little bit. But coming out of college or, you know, a couple years into my professional career, I, I couldn't have given you a list of all the things I was looking for in a coach, you know. In retrospect, I could go, uh, Hugh McCutcheon. <laughs> right, right. Right? Hindsight, always twenty twenty. Dude, now with the – beach landscape changing in terms of colleges and by changing, I mean, growing at a severely rapid rate. Are you uh, looking at the future saying, I want to stay here only where I'm at now because I really love the lifestyle that I have and I like the people I work with and I have some longevity or are you looking at potential places near where you live going, they start a beach program. I'd love to be a part of that whole thing and then get back into the college game. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I don't know how this interview of you turned into <laughs> an interview of me, but 
well hijacked. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like the direction this whole show is going. This was, this was like, this is Kevin's College Volleyball Weekly. <laughs> he just checked right out. We'll go grab a cookie. Yeah, we, Speaking of cookies, of, do, we have a, do we have any cold beverages at all in the fridge? Do you, do you need one? I always uh, have cold need beverages. Need is, is not the word I would right. use. I'll be right back. Would love a social cocktail. As you, as you were. Yeah, thank you. So uh, to answer your question, I consistently answer do I enjoy coaching with kind of a qualifier because I have not enjoyed it very much at times and I enjoyed a tremendous amount right this second, but that is almost entirely because of the guys that I'm, I, I get to work with. Right. So it's very situational for me. So I don't know that, uh, you know, I look at like the growth in college and go like, Oh, I would love to, be at the helm of some college program because I don't think that that's something I have a tremendous amount of interest in. I mean, okay. never say never, you know, the right opportunity could present itself. But uh, 10.30, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on vacation. <laughs> I am on vacation, and I appreciate that it is a um, – I will not say the name because we're not sponsored by him, but let's just say that it is an appropriate Mexican beer. There yeah. you go. I, I like that because I will be there tomorrow. Somebody say it's 5 o'clock somewhere. That's that person – Clearly not understanding how time zones work. It's 10.30. Jimmy Buffett never known for his intellect. <laughs> yeah. Nobody get ever confused me with that, so no, it's okay. It's maybe 5.34 somewhere. But so so <laughs> <laughs> to continue this, you don't have – do you have a one, three, five, ten 10-year plan, life plan, or are you kind of like, hey, I'm – Wait, well, I like this. Keep going. Yeah, I know, right? I, I didn't I'm just know, asking. I'm curious. I didn't know this was like a Thanksgiving – Dinner, freaking family interrogation. So when are reprise. we getting married? When are we having kids? What's next? No, I, I, I'm curious because because you you and I are in similar bubbles, but the bubbles are very far apart and and overlap very minimally here. And I was just envisioning you two in the same bubble. That's yeah, right. That's right. It got really weird for me. <laughs> is the bathtub the same or is it different? No, it, but I just pictured us in in those actual bubbles, you know, on a field where we run into each other. And, yeah. <laughs> well, what I'm what I'm picturing now is the Patrick Swayze and uh, and what's his name in the Playboy uh, uh, tryouts, the where, Chippendales, yeah, you mean, Chippendales. Yeah, Chippendales. <laughs> Everybody's working for obviously, the weekend. Obviously, Swayze over here, and and then you know Farley <laughs> over here, just trying to do the same thing. So. But uh, Rich no, does have flowy hair. It needs to be a little longer to go Swayze. Speaking like, of flowy, lion-ass. have you? I'm totally changing subjects now because I, I think Rich is not happy with the direction I was taking that. No, I'd like to. I'd like to hear what is Rich's five year, ten year plan. Oh Jesus! Nice. Uh, <laughs> it turns out I. Whoa! Look. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. No. You know what? Uh, not that this is a plan necessarily, uh, but. Going up to BYU and spending a couple of days up there with Sean and his team uh, was really a tremendous amount of fun for me. It's been a while since I've been in an indoor gym, and obviously that's my background. Uh, so I feel like I have, you know, a lot of familiarity and a lot to offer in that arena. Um, and, and so that's something that is of interest to me. Huh. Uh, but. Again, it's kind of situational, you know what I mean? I, I'm not, like, uh, passionate about coaching to the point where I want to be one of these guys who, who, like, travels all over the country, like, 
leveling up, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or however you characterize that, uh, yeah. these people who just are, are sort of working their way through the ranks until they land at, you know, Texas or they land at Stanford or wherever. Um, like that's not, that's not of interest to me. Uh, but I do, I do feel like there are a lot of opportunities out there, uh, potentially. If, uh, like Jake said in his team of the year acceptance speech, I can be hard to get along with sometimes, but <laughs> that's how he led off, by the way, introducing me. Really? Oh, it was wow. so fantastic. I prefer wow. Taylor's introduction of you. No, 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 Rich. No, 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 Rich. Rich. Wow. That's, uh, is that really how we let off, really? Uh, that was the very first sentence, and then it all it was awesome. Downhill from there. <laughs> wow. Downhill, yeah. Wow. All right. No, he just said, you guys know Rich. He can be tough to get along with at times. I mean, that's a pretty fair assessment. I, I, I noticed one table <coughs> that was all nodding rather vigorously when we mentioned who was at the table. But. <laughs> <laughs> it was the whole room. The whole room was shaking. Like. You know, it, it, I think uh, I think there's something to be said about somebody who uh, knows what they want to see as an end product and knows the path to get there and, and allows a little straying here and there, but you have to be a taskmaster at times. And in order to be a taskmaster, sometimes you have to be an a-hole. Sometimes you have to you have to crack the whip a little bit. And people people don't understand in the moment the necessity for that. You know, I I, I tell my kids all the time on recruiting trips, you know, my promise to them is that, you know, I'm going to make you a better volleyball player. You're going to get a great education from a great university. You're going to, you know, you're going to travel the country. You're going to make a lot of friends. You're, you're going to have uh, a, hopefully a great collegiate experience to look back on and with fond memories. And then I look at the parents immediately. I say, my promise to you is that you're going to give me your son for the next four or five years. And that's a daunting task. I understand that. But understand and know that I'm going to give him a pretty wide berth to be able to make a lot of decisions that are maybe not the best. But those are the ones he's going to learn from. And there's going to be days that I'm going to put my arm around his shoulder. I'm going to go, hey, kid, just wasn't your day today. We'll get after it tomorrow. We'll make it better. And there's other days I'm going to put my foot squarely in your ass and go, that's unacceptable. We, this is where we've got to go in, in order to get to where we want to be. And in the, and hopefully they end up being pretty good human beings at the end of it all and they're not dregs of society. But that's the kids don't understand that. They, they say they want it. You know, they always say the right things on the trips. Oh, I get it, coach. That's great. I love that. I love that. But then when they're in the moment, oh, man, a coach is just on me today. Like, what is going on? That's, that's something that doesn't – it's like a time bomb lesson. You know, it doesn't happen for 5, 10, 15 years down the line where they look back and they go, oh, I get it. I understand now. And usually that happens when they become coaches themselves because then they realize the amount of responsibility it comes with. I mean, I'm, I've got – you know, anywhere from, you know, 15 to 20 kids a year that are my responsibility. I have to make good decisions, not only for myself, but for them more so than not, because what if something happens? What if something happens on a road trip where, you know, kid makes a bad mistake and I don't toe the line and show the kid the right way to go, you know, and then all of a sudden I got to deal with all those issues. It's a, it's a, it's a daunting task at times for sure. No different than parenting. No. And I don't have kids of my own. I leave that to, you know, you. You can have all the kids. I like how you looked over here and you're like, wait, no. Yeah, no. I'm an <laughs> overgrown child myself. So. <laughs> but, it, but it's a very we rewarding. Chris Farley reference right here? <laughs> the giant baby episode? <laughs> it is a very rewarding job, though. I will say that. This is, you know, I, I make, 
good enough money that I'm very happy in life, but it's a rewarding job that the paychecks are not what I do it for. And, and I think it's similar in your aspects where, yeah, it's, a, you know, you're maybe not talking about the process so much all the time as I am, but the rewarding at the end is watching somebody become who they want to be. And you were the one that was guiding them along the way to get there. That part to me being a teacher and it's base level is the most successful, rewarding job I could ever ask for. Do you still find it rewarding when you finish second to Mark Pavlik? <laughs> oh, God, you had to remind In me of voting. that. In uh, voting? Oh, that part doesn't bother me at all. I, I'm, I'm actually really honored, A, to have been voted second place behind Pav, but even more so, I've only been there for four years. And they were talking about Coach of the Decade, so I, I find that pretty uh, – I think that's – I'm pretty stoked on that. Uh, but Pav's, You choose to see that as like a – a compliment to you rather than the just lack of coaching and the without question right. without question and i i am very honored by my uh by my peers and by the other people around the country that voted that was a very hey we celebrate silver here big deal yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's uh that was pretty nice but yeah we do you do you get to uh engage in either currently or I don't know, up until this point in any kind of like coaching education type of programming? Do I, do I get involved in that? Is that, is that... yeah, either as a, the leader of coach those type coach, of programs yeah. or uh, the participant in those type of programs. The reason I ask is because um, I'm, I'm currently in this thing called the NTCLEP, which is, yeah, a horrific acronym for National Team Coaches Leadership <laughs> Education Program. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it was actually an acronym that was spelled something that was yeah. derogatory, and I was trying it's, to read uh, it in my mind. So. Yeah, the doctor gave me a Z-pack, and it cleared up. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, it's something the USOC does for its national team coaches, and it's uh, – I mean, this goes over the course of a, a couple years, and you're in a cohort, you know, like Jose Loyola – is in, in my cohort, but then it's like a, a U.S. strength and conditioning coach, or weightlifting, I should say. Uh, we have an equestrian coach, you know, all these different coaches. And uh, our most recent seminar was all centered around this disc profiling. Have you ever done that? Oh, yeah, like I disc. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, so, actually, I'm actually thinking about bringing that into my recruiting. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fascinating. But, you know, I mean, the reason I bring it up is because – it's interesting to me to learn how little I know about coaching at all, right? You know, like, we all play the game, right? And then once we're done playing, we think, like, oh, I was, you know, whatever level of player I was, I know all this stuff about the game. And really, I know next to nothing about imparting whatever wisdom I have or don't have to another person and how to do that properly, how to do that effectively. Hmm. And, you know, I, I'm fortunate in that I have two guys to deal with. Right. And I've known them both for, you know, quite a while. Now, Jake for 20 years, you know, um, and Taylor now for a couple of years. So I don't have to, you know, you have, what, 20 guys on your roster? Yeah. So I don't have close. to figure out 20 different personalities and how to best yeah. communicate with 20 different people and so forth. Uh, so I'm lucky in that sense. But at the same time, sometimes it, it, it can maybe be even more critical in that that's one partnership and the dynamic is everything. 
to that team, right? And so how do I best communicate with those two guys to maximize our ability, maximize their abilities, maximize uh, their chances of interpreting what I'm saying and our communication and so on and so forth. And it's uh, something I never really would have thought about necessarily, but I'm very fortunate to be a part of at this point. Uh, the short answer to your question is yes, I do. Uh, participate not only on the learning side, but also on the uh, teaching side. I'm part of the USA Volleyball Cap Cadre, and so I get invited to go around the country to do um, various clinics for up-and-coming coaches and some uh, established coaches as well. Uh, I've so, done... like, what's your specialty, or what are you typically teaching? Well, I mean, it, it covers a, a pretty wide swath of things, right? And and every time I do it, it it Depends on the level of the cap. So there's the one, two, three uh, that you're doing. And uh, cap one is really a, a base foundation of training fundamentals and, and, and putting practice plans together. And, you know, how do we how do we uh, incorporate various different techniques into our drills and, and this and that? You get to cap two and it's a little bit more in depth. And you get into cap three and it's a little bit more in depth with statistics and things like that. And how do you periodize, how do you periodize your seasons and all? It, it, it gets pretty pretty in depth and there's things that um even i to this day i'll go in and i'll and i'll be a part of a cadre with another coach that i've never worked with before and and we we tell it to the people all the time like where you are as a student right now we've all been at some point in our careers the thing that you have to keep in mind is the things that we're telling you aren't the things that you absolutely have to do in your gym in order to be successful it's what we do in our gyms and what has proven to be successful over time but take what you like from it and put it into your own mix. You know, I, I, I talk about uh, being a cook all the time. It's like you, you're making a recipe. Well, way, the way that you make a stew and the way that you make a stew is maybe different than the way I make one. But if I use similar ingredients, we're going to come out with a pretty similar product. But I might have a little more spice in mine or you might have more potatoes in yours or you might have more carrots in yours, whatever the case is. But I really enjoy seeing these light bulb moments with these coaches because some of them are so green that they literally I mean, you're telling them hey we want to talk about footwork and tempo of what foot to be on with the setter with the balls in the setter's hands and to you and me we're going well that's a dumb moment right because we've been doing it forever to this coach who just started coaching is all of a sudden he goes oh my god i never even thought about that before that's so cool to be a part of um i've done abca conventions where i presented there um and you're obviously dealing with collegiate mostly high school club uh, and some low-level collegiate but there's also a lot of high collegiate coaches that'll go into those things um but then even then i've gone into some of their gyms to watch some of their practices and i'm watching and learning and seeing what they do i think for me the education I got coming up, you know, I started uh, with a with a fairly successful uh, uh, training tool called Gold Medal Squared, which obviously you're familiar with. But working with Hugh for all those years, mm-hmm. uh, and then working with Pesto for all those years, and then working with Pav for all those years, that was to me the best. Um, education I could have ever asked for because each one of them did something different uh, that I took from. Like, for example, uh, from Hugh, I learned how to 
create practice plans and run drills that were effective to get what I needed the most out of. It's very easy to just roll a couple of balls out and blow a whistle and have a drill go on. But the way that he structured those drills, the way that he ran them, the tempo, the timing of things, how to start it, how to stop it, all of that was really valuable uh, and, and helped me when I started working with Pesto to bring that into his gym uh, because Pesto was was kind of set in his ways, self-admittedly. He said, I'm a dinosaur. I don't know what I'm doing, but here, here's the whiteboard. Do what you do. And then all of a sudden, we started to see these change happen. <coughs> With Pesto, I learned that it's okay to enjoy your career and not take it so seriously. Sure. And that's a that's a pretty valuable lesson, I think, for a lot of coaches. We we get so wrapped up in, oh, my God, we're not winning and we're not doing this, that we forget the bigger pictures. We're not curing cancer here. We're we're people, you know, we're coaches, but we're really in the people business, in the, in the teaching business. And sometimes you're just not going to get it. And, and it's okay as long as everybody is on board and understands, hey, this is what happened and here's the reasons why and we can make that better next time and then let's get after it. We're going to be all right. And, and what I learned from Pav wasn't about X's and O's. It was about how to run a program, how to deal with administration, how to deal with boosters, how to deal with going out and getting sponsors, getting donors. He is the absolute pinnacle uh, in, in, of the coaches that I've worked with and seen that knows how to run a program. And all of those things, I took little bits and pieces from. And so I think that, to me, it, the education you're talking about, the learning, of that's that was the valuable lessons for me. And I have a master's degree from in, a, in coaching and athletic administration. And I worked with some really great people that were in different industries, and, and I took a lot of stuff from them as well. But that was a, you know, a course that was really truncated and, and only got a little bit because I only got to spend so much time with them. When I get to spend years with people on a day in and day out basis, man, that's, that's just super, super helpful. So that's a, that's the long answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> you did start that by saying the short answer. Yeah. Is, yes, I, have. I think it's, I think it's an interesting idea that you come into somebody's gym without really knowing what you're doing, but in trying to figure it out, you bring new ideas to that gym, to somebody who's been doing things a certain way and maybe hasn't even thought to, I should change this one thing over here and the and the impact that that could have down the line Look, for a team. Pestilacy has bad. won state championships. He's arguably one of the greatest guys in the game, yeah. one of the greatest coaches. Everybody who knows Pesto loves him. If you hate Pesto, it's like people say about their pets. If my dog doesn't like you, I don't like you. <laughs> if you don't like Pesto, you're not somebody I probably want to hang out with because Pesto is loved by everybody. I'm just not a big fan of basil and garlic. <laughs> but I walked Pine into Pesto. I, I, when, I when I came back down south to go into school, I emailed a few coaches to say, hey, I'm in town if anybody wants you know, a coach to come in and volunteer. And he was the only one that responded and said, come on in. I'd love to have you. And then that's when I started with Hugh. So yeah. I had this connection. Pesto never used a whiteboard, didn't understand, you know, things like the cauldron, didn't understand how to put together some practice plans or some drills that I was doing. And at first it was painful for him a little bit. He's like, ah, I just, you know, we're just going to go play. And, you know, he knew how to train things, but there was some nomenclature, some verbiage that I was bringing in that he was not familiar with. And he will he'd be the first person in and say, we completely changed how we did things in practice. As soon as you started doing it on the whiteboard and putting things out there and diagramming all the drills, he goes, it completely changed my life. He goes, now I don't know how I ever did it beforehand. That takes a really uh, small ego to be able to allow a young punk like myself come into your gym and go, I'm going to change how you've been doing things for years. 
I know you've been successful. I'm going to change it all. And he, to this day, would say that was probably the best change he's ever made. And I loved my time with Pesto. This is why Jay thinks he's just now gotten on the back nine of life. See, he was a young punk, but he was like 37 or something. <laughs> Listen, on, on hole one, I'm pulling out the driver, and I'm going full bore. By hole nine or ten, I'm going, you know, I'm going to pull out the five iron and just keep it in the fairway and you know, play a little safe the rest of the way. i got to manage this handicap here. So I feel like Jay's still like submitting his – like resume for coach of the decade with all this with all these stories you know what i mean like the voting's we over bro we get it <laughs> let it go let it go man you've already got second can't get any more no it, it it's it's a passion of mine i love i love the career choice that i happen to fall into cuz i did fall into it yeah but i am just so happy and enthusiastic about going to the gym every day and and i and i you know, having my time with USA Volleyball and being a coach with the senior team with you guys and then junior team and all those things over the years, those are great. The USA cap system is really fun to be a part of. I really like going and coaching coaches. And I actually just started uh, – I'm a now – I'm a master coach for a new club that opened up on the East Coast for, for the boys and the girls' side. And uh, we are streamlining – how we train from the 12s to the 18s. Mm. I'm doing clinics and positional clinics for all these kids, and I'm doing recruiting clinics for the for the parents. But it's it's neat. I, you know, I go in one day a week for four hours, and the cool thing is coaches will sign up then when they want me to come in and work on something specific for their team. So as much as I love working with college guys and doing that thing, the cool thing is on, on any given night, I'll go in and the first hour I'm teaching passing to 12-year-old girls. The next hour I'm teaching how to hit a, a high line shot for the guys, the 18s guys. The next hour I'm working on defense with the 16-year-old boys. And the next hour I'm working on team defense and blocking for 15s girls. And so you're constantly changing how you're talking to the teams, what you're teaching, trying to, to limit some things here and then expand on other things here. It really challenges me on a weekly basis. And I never, never wanted to get back into club coaching. When I left Southern California, I was like, that's it. I'm done. I never have to worry about it again. And it's been the most invigorating part of my career so far because it literally every day I go home and I go, man, that was so much fun to do. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a full, I'm bought in. Yeah, that, that's oh. impressive. I mean, like that's – you – anybody who meets you I think would understand that you seem like a passionate guy about what you do. But to me that kind of, I don't know, encapsulates your passion for coaching because that sounds like an absolute sweat-soaked nightmare <laughs> <laughs> to me. <laughs> Four hours. <laughs> it, I, I, I tell you when when they called me last year – they said, oh, we got this new place. You should come check it out. And I said, nah, I don't want to get involved in this. And then finally she she said, look, just come down, take a look at it. Let's talk about it. So I went down and uh, and, and I said, okay, I'll walk around. And just At the end of it, I'm just going to go, hey, I, I appreciate you taking me, but I'm not, I'm not interested. That was my intention. I walked into this place and I was like, are you kidding me? This place, is, it's like the Mamba place up in, hmm. but on a grander scale. It's even, it's 460,000 square foot don't facility. Don't that. Yeah, it's huge. Two ice rinks. It's got, you know, four basketball courts and nine volleyball courts, indoor football. It's got all these things. Hmm. And, you know, they have Kevin Durant's dad is is running the basketball operations. And they've got the D.C. United running out of there. And they've got the Capitals running out of there. And it's got all these things going on. And then there's volleyball, right? And so it's like, I said, well, you know, what do you, what do you want me to do? She goes, what do you want to do? And I go, ah. 
Let me think about it. And I called some coaches that out here have done similar type things. You know, they, they're a coach for a Division One team, and then they run a club on the side. It's right. very common out here. And I got some really, really good ideas and, 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 and some things to look out for. And so I just called her back and I said, look, I, I have no desire to coach a team. I don't want to deal with any of the administration stuff. I don't want to deal with travel. I don't want to deal with any of that stuff. That stuff, you guys handle all that. Let me coach your coaches. Let me coach you know, clinics. Let me teach your, your parents how to do the recruiting stuff. Like, let me be that person and let me streamline everything so that when your kid comes in as a 12-year-old kid, and we talk about, you know, straight and simple for your arms for passing. When they get to the 13s, 14s, 15s, now they're coming in. The drills that you did as a 12-year-old, albeit some of them are a little bit more fun-oriented than when you get up there. But the same verbiage, the same nomenclature, the same cues are all being taught throughout the thing. So now you're coming in every year going, oh, I know what that means. And right. then you come in and you're just going hitting the ground running rather than a new coach teaching a completely new way to do things, which is very common. Uh, and it, and it's it's really helping the way these kids are, are figuring things out. So I'm excited about it. It's it's a neat it's a neat thing to be a part of. And, yeah, you're right. It, it was a little nightmarish at first. Those first first couple of days, I'm like, oh, is this really what I want to do? And But, yeah, it's been a complete 180 from that. So That's the best spot to occupy in club volleyball too, I think, where you don't have a team. Because then everyone loves you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I I, yeah. I coach private lessons with some kids here and there, and the parents are always, like, super appreciative and give you way too much credit for, you know, one hour of work. Oh, right. so-and-so played great this weekend. It, it's all because of this one, <laughs> you know, which is a massive disservice to their coaches that are right. putting, you know. Right, the ones and, that are grinding away. Right. <laughs> uh, but I take full credit at all times. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you saw that that was all me. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I'm upping my fees now so, yeah, uh, just right. because of that. You enter the gym where Rich is going to coach you, and he's just like this with a gold medal on. <laughs> no, he's just, he's just standing there like this, you know, just curling, just going, hey, balls are over here. Go ahead. I'm going to finish my uh, – Finish my reps I'm just over impressed with Jay's love for the game, <coughs> considering the amount of really tough, bad losses he took in college. He still was able to. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do remember. Enjoy volleyball. I, I, I still to this day remember playing you, and I was in the middle back, and you. This was about a, I don't know, about an eight or nine ball transition rally, which strangely enough probably doesn't happen much anymore. Huh. And CJ must have been you, you, you were on the outside and, and I just happened to be standing in the right spot. I had my eyes closed, I'm sure. And you hit one and I dug it and I yelled, you're easy. And then at the end of the transition, you, you guys ended up winning the point and you came down, you looked at your team and go, what the fuck? Let's go. Like, let's kill these guys already. You were so mad and you ended up beating us. It wasn't like, you know, it was a. But it was just so funny to watch you get so mad that a Division three team was keeping up with you to some degree till about point five, and then you just, you know, you crushed us. But Don't you just picture a young Jay Hasek, <laughs> towel over his head, defeated in the locker room? <laughs> One of these days I'm going to be in that guy's living room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. I will funny. drink all of his beer. <laughs> I will get completely wasted. I make a fool of myself on radio. With no, <laughs> no holiday spectacular this year. Oh, I'm so bummed. This about is that. this is the entire bottle of holiday spectacular. There it is. Holiday. I'm having it all to myself. I will not share. We actually did not stream the holiday spectacular the last couple of years, at least on the the video portion. Yeah, yeah. I'm bummed we're not doing it outside. I mean, it's a nice day. Saving some people. beautiful day. Yeah, it's yeah. gorgeous. It's a little chilly, but we would have had the heaters running. Wait, wait, wait. wait. It's 65 degrees outside. That's chilly. Like I said, it's a little chilly. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's fifty-three crisp. this morning. Crisp. They call it crisp. Get your, get your beanies and UGG boots out, man. Yeah. It's... Well, look at you. You got flip-flops and a long-sleeve shirt on. Yeah. 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 That's mm-hmm. par for the course, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> uh, we got away from this before I had the chance to make this comment because we were on the topic of golf briefly. Mm-hmm. Yes. You follow Phil Mickelson by any chance on Instagram? I do. I do not follow him, but obviously, but you're aware of the whole uh, attention his calves have gotten recently. (laughs) Yes, I have. You are like the Phil Mickelson of freaking the volleyball coaching world, my friend. I mean, those things. I saw you get you walking up the stairs to get the stuff out of bar. Yeah. I mean, those things are chiseled. Wait, wait. So Phil Mickelson has chiseled calves. Oh, have you not seen it? Yeah, it's. I got to pull this up. They they had the footage a while back of him at like I don't know. He was. Just at a practice green. Yeah. And he's in shorts. And I mean, you know, he's doughy everywhere else. And then he's standing there, like, <laughs> all, seemingly on his toes. And these things are etched out of diamond. Yeah. They're pretty. And seems, so he. It seems but, very strange given my knowledge of how important calves are to jumping and watching Phil Mickelson celebrate years ago where he jumped as hard as he could and no mm-hmm. joke was that high off the ground. Well, look at. Look hey, at. Hey, look, yeah. look at what he's trying to lift. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, but then he turned it into a whole. I mean, it turns out he's got a fantastic sense of humor because it'd be like him reclining on the couch and telling everyone is you go like this and then you go like this and then you go like this and then you go like this. <laughs> it's hysterical. Well, and the exact opposite is the the Cuban teams over the years. Their yeah. their calves are this big and yet they're jumping and touching twelve feet. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> so there's no accounting. There's. For I think a great YouTube channel would be Phil Mickelson jumps over stuff. Yeah, tries. Oh, that would be classic. <laughs> like a re- like a remote control Lamborghini instead of an actual Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Speaking of YouTube, have you seen Minifloda? Have you heard about this phenomenon? No. No. All right, Minifloda. There is a guy in Minnesota who is I don't know if his son plays hockey or not, or if over the years he's just a fan or whatever. The thing to do in Minnesota for boys high school hockey. Is all about the hair. Like just YouTube it at one point. The this guy has a weekly podcast. He shows the introductions for these high school hockey games, and the kids skate out in the center of the ice, and they just got the flow going. I mean, some of these guys, it is unbelievable the amount of work that goes into some of these things. <laughs> but it's called Mina Flota, and it is fantastic watching. Highly huh. recommend. I'm surprised you guys haven't seen that. Intriguing. Yeah, he did a thing I think on ESPN. I think they had like a little DSPN short on it or whatever. But yeah, it's pretty fantastic stuff. Have you seen the guy who does all the the sports commentary voiceovers? Who's like swearing constantly? Oh and, yeah, Bob Menery. Yeah, Bob Menery. Oh, yeah, my kids amazing. love that guy. He's amazing. Yeah, it's well, like, he's it, turned that into quite a. Yeah, he's like Buffalo he was, Wild Wings sponsor. Well, he was just on a private off. jet with Mel Gibson to the UFC fight in Vegas. Really? I, I mean, yeah. Wow. I think he's a. I mean, he's a golfer. Yeah, you. Uh-huh. Uh, if you follow him, he's always, and he. I'm not sure what his background is, but uh, he's either a member or really close with a member at uh, LACC. I think. I, I don't know the extent either, but I, he's really funny. Well, it, it's an example of all the cuffs are off, not being beholden to anybody for anything, and just have at it. It's kind of the Charles Barkley syndrome. It's f you money. Yeah, because because Charles, no one would hire Charles Barkley. No one in their right mind would put Charles Barkley on television. It's terrible. Except TNT did. Yeah. And he's outstanding. I love Charles. He's fantastic. And so 
all the other networks that are looking for Charles Barkley. Oh, well, we need a Charles Barkley. Right. Yeah, well, if we came to you six months ago before Charles was on air, you never would have hired Charles right. Barkley. Someone right. had the courage and the foresight to go, this dude's pretty funny, and I really don't care about people that get offended or upset about what he says. There's a, there's a time and a place for you to be politically correct with your speak. You know, the, the, the sports cliche is that we all are asked the same questions. Oh, you know, they were a good team, and we, we had to play our best order to be. It's like you, you hear that stuff so much that it just goes in when you're not the other. When you finally hear somebody that's talking the honest truth, yeah, we beat them because they sucked. Right. That sticks out, right? And, and you want to say Let me that. pull up times. my interview after we played yeah. Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> there's a. There's an authenticity factor, though, too, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Charles is Charles. Right. And so if I try and be Charles Barkley, it's just not going to register the same with people, right? It's not going to ring true. Oh, because, for sure. And so, I mean, that's always the difficulty, right? Howard Stern has massive popularity, but every shock jock wannabe who tries to be him fails miserably because they don't know the lines. They're not as smart and savvy about what they're doing as he is, and, and it's just not authentic, right? Yeah. yeah. But see, a lot of – I think a lot gets attributed to sometimes to calculation with some of these folks, and it's not with the Charles or with the Howard Stern. Howard Stern is to some extent planned, but he's just a smart, witty guy mm-hmm. who's entertaining to listen to because that's who he is, not because he's planned out – but he's also dedicated his entire do. life to the craft of radio. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. he and he himself probably would self would self admit that he has morphed into a much more keen interviewer of people. Granted, he'll he'll still have the usual questions about, you know, hey, tell us about your sex life or whatever. But his ability to actually interview people and and walk you down a path and make you feel comfortable to express things that maybe you wouldn't do on, you know, the Tonight Show or whatever. It's pretty it's he's got some really really good interviews going on right now. So that's yeah. it's changed. Well, again though, that's because I mean, if you hear him talk about that craft, he identifies some very specific things that lead to a great interview whereas people tend to sort of pigeonhole him as just somebody who says outlandish things. Right. And and he's like so much more than that. And so the imitators just say wild stuff and go, hey, uh, you know, what's your sex life like? Just very, like, crudely and bluntly. Right. And then you recoil at it because it's so just awkward and terrible, right? It's R- a natural Rich part. Rich never recoiled. <laughs> it's a natural part of the conversation. It flows. By oh, you, sure. mean Rich, is, Rich means everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Barnett, uh, what is the weight-bearing capacity of that swing in your room? <laughs> <laughs> Hey-o. hey <laughs> Might have had to use uh, long yeah. leg bolts. <laughs> <laughs> Just as a non sequitur, that's a terrible question, but throughout the course of a, an appropriate interview. Uh, that's why we've had to end the net live. Just haven't gotten any better interviewing, apparently. <laughs> as a journalism, I'm failing, so we're going to have to end the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, authenticity is the thing, right? It's kind of like how you always look down upon coach your brains out as just like a – a net live wannabe all the time, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, Barnett, we get it. You stop going on and on about Billy Allen and John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, women's Final Four. Anybody watch Friday? I got much less done Friday than I normally do. I, I got a few. Was it Friday? Got a few minutes Friday. in. I, I saw, I saw Stanford play Utah, and I saw Stanford play Penn State, and I saw a little bit of the. Baylor Washington replay last night. Okay, so you saw a lot of the the late games. I missed the late games on Friday. I was out at a a kid function, a basketball game. But I saw the the day games. I watched so much of the day games. Turn on at nine a.m. here. It's it's the most fun 
volleyball day of the year because you're just going from match to match to match to match. And you can, once the one match ends, they have a second match at that venue, so then you got to boot up the internet to have that one on along with the other one. Yeah. And then I'm really getting nothing done. Rich, you came <laughs> by at that point. I was getting some stuff done, but not enough. Who came up with the scheduling for that, by the way? Who would put Texas as the first match in the Texas gym? Why would you not I put... I ba- Baylor was the first one. No, oh, Texas. Oh, you mean, you mean have that first... Oh, yeah. I see. Well, he... does it matter? I mean, you're not going to... If you don't want to see the next match, you're not going to stick around for an extra 45 minutes of warm-ups and other No, but you, you will see the stands get increasingly fuller as that match progresses because people are going to okay. want to see Texas. So why wouldn't you not put them second match of the day in that gym and have the other one prior? Because then the second match suffered. There was nobody in the stands. You know why, probably? is my guess. Because of the television. Because you want them on and you have to make choices. Okay, we can't mm. we can't mm. go so late in Wisconsin, so we have to have Texas play earlier. And then we can have Wisconsin play a little bit later. And there's a lot of caveats to TV. Like yesterday, I got sent the schedule for Pittsburgh. So do you know when the matches in Pittsburgh are happening? Oh, God, I can only imagine. Here's the – let me find it here. Here's the start times. This is for Thursday? This is for Thursday for the semifinals. 7 p.m. start, Wisconsin and Baylor. 9.30 p.m. start, assuming things don't go along five, right? Because then you're talking about a 10 p.m. or later start for Stanford, Minneapolis. Right. Or uh, Minnesota. That's awful. (laughs) Yeah. That's awful. Wasn't it like that last year, though? It's been like that before, yeah, where you're done at 12.30 – and then the Molten Party is supposed to happen. Is that not justification like like that, yeah. for yeah. not doing it and hosting in the East Coast or West Coast, but actually doing it in the Midwest somewhere every year so that there's some equity there in terms of timing? Because I bet you it has to do with timing, right? I mean, Pittsburgh's on East Coast time, so they're not going to start it, you know. Well, you should have a 5 o'clock and a 7.30. No. Yeah, but a 5 o'clock on the West Coast is 2 o'clock. Nobody's going to be able to watch it because they're at work. Yeah, but they obviously don't care about the fact that the West Coast, anyway, we don't bring the matches out here. When was the last time it was out here? No, but you have a fan base out here that wants to watch. Stanford fans are going to want to watch that can't go out there. Washington fans, if they were still in, are going to want to watch. Of the four teams, Stanford has the worst fan following. Don't tell volley talkers that. The worst. <laughs> if you go to a match, it's it's the worst. I mean, here's a two-time defending champion, and I walk in their gym, it's not sold out. That was disappointing to see Maples less than full when they're playing Penn State right. to yeah. go to the Final Four yeah. to the national semifinals. Exactly. Yeah. That program is unreal and has been forever, but yeah. especially in the last three to five years, and the fans are not showing up. Whereas Wisconsin or – I mean, Baylor the first day was light. They were – much more full the second night. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Is I don't people don't answer, show honestly. up for, for, Stanford, for places like Stanford. Why? Why do you, and then places like Wisconsin as a comparison, or places like uh, like Penn State for that matter, or, or somewhere else. Why? Why do you think that is? Is it just California cool? Is it? Hey, we're you know we'll go and we really feel like it kind of attitude. I, I don't know. I think I think better answers would come from Don Shaw or. Um, Former head coach, Stanford. Dunning? Dunning. Dunning. John Dunning. Thank you. Too many names in my head. Kevin Hambly. I know he's been trying to, to work on that. I think better answers would come from those guys as to the challenges yeah. and the factors at play. Because I, I honestly don't have a clue. I'm just disappointed <laughs> as a volleyball person. I'm excited to see the growth in a lot of the Big Ten for the big matches. And there's people hanging off the rafters. But in Stanford, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think people would show up now that Hambly's there because he's so damn handsome. He, he is handsome. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. He looks good in a plaid, too. <laughs> well, I, you know, I mean, I think some of the biggest draws you see, you know, BYU obviously gets a ton of fans. Hawaii. Hawaii, uh, Nebraska. There's not a lot else going on there to distract people, right? Uh, Hawaii there probably is. Sporting? Sports-wise? There's no professional franchise. In terms of sports, yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, probably not a lot going on. There's, you know, Nebraska, you are the only game in town in the entire state. Yeah. Hawaii, obviously, you know, you've got other islands. But, yeah, there's probably not much else to follow there. Nobody's going to follow Chaminade. You know, I, I think a lot of time has been spent with Terry Pettit and with John Cook about how to build that thing into what it is. I mean, it, it is a cultural reference point in yeah. Nebraska, Yeah, that women's program. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you – I think you're right. You have to build that, right? You can't just say, "Hey, I'm here now." Let's all of a sudden pack the stands. You know, I, I think a good, a, a good litmus test for that. Steve Aird at Indiana right now is pretty much arguably one of the better. In Jerry Tarkanian, <laughs> but one of the better marketers of programs of sorts. He 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 sells a big time game. But you got to win. But you got to win. But it'll be interesting to see how he's doing that because he's got a program now with a brand new facility. This is the first year coming up, or just recently that it's been open. And he's trying to create this atmosphere of this is where the party is. You want to be here. Can that be done? And Because at a place like Indiana, they probably weren't getting more than 300 people in a match at a time, you know, right. 500 people. Could he turn that into 3,000? 3,000 is pretty good. And how do you make that bubble up from the ground up instead of forcing Correct. it? Correct. Just like we were talking about authenticity, you can't yeah. force it. At Stanford, I think you have to offer free micro-dosing <laughs> at the door. <laughs> Pack the stands. <laughs> it, uh. it reminds me of London for the Olympic Games. No one said wear a costume. I don't know why it was a thing. People started wearing costumes. And so every day you'd be walking to work and walking to the stadium, there's the Power Rangers and Scooby-Doo and people in cardboard and Bulgarian chicks and wings. And I'm like, well, yeah. I don't know what's happening here, but it's amazing. Chicken wings. There's chicken wings. When you, uh, <laughs> you don't see the sun for too long, yeah. strange things start happening in your mind. <laughs> it was fantastic. Then we went to Rio and while the crowds were great, there were no costumes. Well, it's humid as all get out and in, it's hot as hell. In Tokyo, yeah. I don't think we're getting any costumes. I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say no. I bet you there are. Really? I bet you, uh, dude, Japan is notorious for their, Kitchen well, anime and, and stuff, anime, yeah, but yeah. I don't think anybody's going to dress up. Oh, I, I mean, hope they do. Shall, shall we have a friendly bet? They oh, might I, look like uh, they, <laughs> they might be wearing their everyday clothing. It'll look like a costume. That's, that's, that's another good point. But I bet you they come out, and I bet you there are people in costumes. I bet you there. You think so? Yeah, in Japan. Yeah. Okay. If it were Greece. I'll go with no. no. I'll go with no. Okay. You go with yes. I'll go with yes. Is there a I number? Think, to oh. your point, it depends on how it's marketed because – if it's sold as this is what you do at a beach volleyball event, the Japanese people will absolutely do it. Oh, sure. If it's a norm, they're all in. Yeah. I mean, not even if it's a norm. If you just announce that that's what fans do at beach volleyball events, then they'll all dress up in crazy stuff. So the word fan, fanaticism, mm -hmm. right? Fanatic. Mm -hmm. That would apply to Japanese fans of volleyball. They are all in. Mm -hmm. yep. We all know this. You probably how many things you have in your house from a Japanese fan? Right. I have multiple. Like we are the second home team to Japan, the United right. States is. Uh and and I love the way volleyball gets treated in that country. I hope they dress up. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I, I by no means am I saying it's a 100% guarantee, but I think it's a better chance than 
than other places okay. for sure. I, it wasn't something that was marketed. And you're right about Japan fans. They are fantastic people that, <sighs> they love, that this love volleyball. Doesn't matter who's playing. Now, if we were going to bet on how many plastic clappers would be, <laughs> they have those. They Dan have those. Fisher still coaching Pitt? Yes. Uh, for the moment, I've heard. Yeah, for the moment. As of today. Well, I, I, I have heard, uh, I, I know the job that you're referencing too, and I've heard that's not going to happen. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They oh. are, I, are you going to fill me in? I, it's kind of under the radar. I don't know okay. if we're volley talking it. Yeah, I don't think we're but, – but I have heard that uh, it will not be uh, offered to someone of that proclivity. That's the most oh, I see. Yeah. I see. All right, well. I'm going to leave What's his proclivity? Well, I'm just trying – I'm talking – It's maybe not the right word. Yeah, it's not the right word. Yeah. It's not the right word. I'm not, I was an English ma- major in college. I was an associate. Well, that's major. the problem. You're hanging out with Rich who's raised yeah. by an English Yes, major. that's the correct word. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, wanted, yeah. I wanted to steer clear of that uh, – yeah, we'll see what happens with that job. I don't know. But the rumor was that he was going to move further to the west. Yeah. Ah. But he's all the way east, so that he's he would any job would be well, in the west. Well, I just brought him up because there's a great story about Japanese fans and Dan Fisher. Okay. Uh, and also it segues us back into the playoffs because <laughs> they, they kind of left the playoffs earlier than they were expected to, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, so did Texas. Yeah, so did Texas. But uh, so – my very first trip with the national team was a friendly tour with Japan. Mine too. Yeah. This is April of 2001. Uh, mine was in 97, but you notice Rich and I are the same age. It's strange. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Really? Yeah. That was him <laughs> saying he was better earlier than me. Wait, one, who, of us, one of us speaks Japanese. Wait, <laughs> which one of us has a gold medal, though? That's neither here nor there. <laughs> I got Photoshop. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus, most of the time, people figure I was there anyway. They're like, "Yeah, you're a gold medalist." Like, yeah. Ah, no. yeah. I'm, I'm very quick to correct that one. <laughs> no, I'm the voice. And then, and then of, I quickly bring up the grease match, the, the voice in 2004. Of, yeah. I'm the voice of the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen uh, people take some license with labeling themselves Olympians and so forth. But, anyways, uh, yeah. So we, Dan Fisher is essentially like a serving sub. For our team okay. at the time. But blonde, spiky hair, blue eyes. I mean, nobody's more popular with the Japanese fans than Dan Fisher. He's so funny. Our last, our last match of the tour happens in Tokyo Dome or whatever, right? Yes. And we get out on the bus, and across the street, I mean, there's hundreds, if not thousands of people screaming, Fisha, Fisha. Yes. <laughs> So he makes his curtain call off the bus, walks across the street, just to the absolute delight of everybody there. That fish is one of the classic guys in the game. Do you know what his favorite activity is outside of coaching? How he relaxes? Uh, is it not guitar? Doesn't he? Isn't he like is a it, guitarist? Is it winning uh, Jaguars by hitting holes in one on a golf course? Really? What? Oh yeah. When was this? He was. Uh, I don't know all the specifics of the story. I think it was. His brother or somebody's bachelor party, he flies out. You know, they have some festivities the night before. <clears throat> so he's kind of hung over a little bit maybe. Uh, and they're playing this golf tournament, this charity golf tournament thing or fundraiser or something. And so they have, you know, the hole-in-one. If you hit a hole-in-one on this hole, you win a Jaguar. And, and he's, he hit and a hole he, and he's like, oh, is this my nine iron? I don't know. Oh, give me my hand. me. <laughs> Hand me my wedge. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, hole in one. Wow. Wins the Jaguar. I did not know that. Yeah. 
No, it's amazing. I, no, I, I think I, I know he's a, a big musician of sorts. I think he, he likes to play music, but no, what is his frolf? Hmm. That's disappointing. Frolf. What is frolf? Frisbee golf. Yeah. Oh, frolf. Oh, God. Is that, is, that the, is that the word for it? A, frolf? Well, it's from, That's, yeah, yeah, from the office. Well, uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> oh. The Summer of George. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he was going to read a book. Have, have, you play played, frolf. have you played soccer golf? Have you seen that? Where uh, they, they, you kick a soccer ball and they have like a bigger cup, obviously, for the ball to go into? That's uh, a pretty no, fun No, I've not played that. Yeah. You've been to Top Golf? Love Top Golf. Yeah, it's Top a lot Golf. of fun. Top Golf is fun. They make good drinks there. It's expensive, though. <laughs> <laughs> Better have a corporate sponsor if you go to Top Golf. Well, it's for a expensive while. if you go by yourself, but if you go with, you know, six to eight of your friends, it's, you know, 10 bucks a pop. It's not that bad. They don't charge you by person, they charge you by the bay. I just stayed home and played the green football game. I'm trying to build a uh, simulator in my basement in my in my man cave. A simulator for racing? Golf, or no, golf simulator. Oh, golf. Yeah. 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 Look at Rich. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only simulator I think of. The golf stuff's stupid. It's dumb. If you need somebody to drive the cart and, like, hit the ball really far all over the place, then I'm your guy. <laughs> that went really far. Like, that was two holes over, I, Barnett. I'll tell you what. I, I bet you if you were taken – and given a couple lessons, if I got the disease. and you were able to play for a month without it costing you a hundred bucks around, uh-huh. you might actually start to appreciate what it, what the game is all about. Maybe I just need to embark on a, a Gabby type thing where I'm going to become a pro golfer, and we're going to make me a pro golfer. In it's months. a lifelong sport, nice. and walking 18 holes is not easy, but I do it as often as I can. It's a lot of fun. It's about a six mile walk. Yeah, I'm out. If I'm hanging out with you guys, I'll hang out. It's a good walk spoiled. That's right. right. That's what W.C. Fields said. Good good walk walk spoiled. spoiled. (laughs) One of my favorite W.C. Fields thing, he's in a a hospital bed, and he's reading a Bible. There's a movie. I I don't remember the name of the movie, but he's in a hospital bed, and he's reading a Bible, and his friend comes in. He goes, hey, I didn't know that you were a religious person. He goes, I'm not religious. I'm just looking for loopholes. (laughs) (laughs) Old movies in that era, it it seems like everybody has to act the same way. It's like everyone's Henry Fonda. Everyone's talking about, oh, Henry Fonda is amazing. All of them are just overacting. <laughs> well, right, come on in there. Oh, Jim, good to see you. <laughs> and it's a requirement that you wear your suit and tie still at 8 o'clock after dinner watching TV and your wife's in her you know, apron and, and yeah. full mini skirt all buttoned up to the top. You know, yeah. yeah. Inexplicably out of the kitchen. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad you said that. Not me. Oh my god! So, anyways, back to the final four. That's a, that was yeah. your question. Are you asking me who are you, are we are we? Uh, we're obviously not calling any of the coaches. So, who do we think? Who are the matchups? <laughs> Jay, Barnett, you've clearly put listen, zero effort into this. Listen, yeah. the, the show is kind of like a bell curve, right? So, in 2009, January, we were learning how to do the show. We were figuring it out. We we started to do guests. We did more and more and more and more and more. And then then for about <laughs> I mean, a solid nine years, we were, like, here. We were doing stuff. We had sponsors. We Now, it's been, since the summer, a quick, like, drop-off. So yeah. we appreciate you still being here watching or listening to the show. <laughs> More so than a bell curve, it's kind of like the cliffs at Torrey Pines. <laughs> <laughs> There's been entirely too many golf references in this. No, you know what? We're making up for all the motocross references that you yeah. had for all those years. <laughs> RC. Well, well done. Well, yeah, Rich going further back. <laughs> yeah. What is the uh, what are the matchups for Thursday? Do we know who's playing yes. who? Yes. Yeah, he just said Stanford, Minnesota, and then the other two, and Baylor, Baylor, and, Baylor and Wisconsin, Wisconsin, which is actually a rematch. I am calling Baylor over Wisconsin. Ooh, wrong. 
and I'm calling. Oh God, I really would like to see Minnesota make it in there. I don't know if the firepower is there because Kristen Plummer is. She's yeah. pretty darn good. Catherine, she's almost Catherine, as sorry. good as Catherine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Wisconsin and Stanford. <laughs> so just the direct opposite of you <laughs> in your face, Hasek. I uh, listen. I, I'm. I'm Hosek. Hosek. You know. <laughs> That, that's who I'm going to take. I just think, and I, I don't do it to be combative or obtuse. Yeah, you do. I, I think that Wisconsin's got too many pieces. Don't say now Baylor. Sure. I've under I I did not give Baylor much credit because they'd only in my mind they'd only beaten Wisconsin in week three, and victories in those first few weeks. I don't think they translate through a whole season because in women's Unless volleyball you, you get two weeks of do. practice and then you then you play all these important matches in three right, weeks. Right. No one is who they are at that point. If you play right. midseason, fine. But then Baylor, no fault of their own, goes back to the Big 12, which everyone's selling on me is better and better and better. Okay, fine. It's not the Big 10. It's not the Pac-12. We can all agree on that. Uh, and, and <laughs> Just by the sheer yeah. letters alone. Your yeah. assertion <laughs> is that it's a different conference? <laughs> I think we can't agree. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> taken <laughs> so we don't really know but i've been absolutely impressed with baylor they have the best hitter that women's collegiate volleyball has probably seen in 20 20 years better than the girl from cincinnati yes presley is better mm. at the net okay. yes presley is maria louise if you know who that is nope i'm, I'm just shaking my head yes so that we okay, can move do on. Yourself I, a I got a picture with her this summer maria louise <laughs> nice look up maria okay on the internet, Maria Louise. Okay. Just watch her highlight tape. Cuban hitter, late eighties, early nineties. The best attacker, to my mind, Rich. The best women's attacker ever. Yeah, I, I think I think you might be overstating it. Uh, that the girl at Baylor's that level just yet. No, she no, has no. potential, maybe. In a college context, mm-hmm. she's that. She's that way. Yeah. She's not Maria Maria Louise in full function internationally, but in a college context. And to me, the way that she attacks the ball, the violence at the point of impact, the, the aggressiveness at the point of impact is something that I think is unique and very reminiscent of Maria. I yeah. think Ryan McGuire, the head coach at Baylor, does a really nice job training his teams and, and from his sheer history alone and what he's done, building programs from the ground up and making them become prominent powers. I think he... Uh, is is preparing his kids differently than most coaches. Uh, I, I know uh, some people would argue that you know they train the same way, but they really don't. Women's teams and men's teams train very differently, and I think Brian Ryan is uh, in, involving higher level training, more game like training than some other coaches. Not saying that uh, what's his name in Wisconsin doesn't know what he's doing. Sheffield, by obvious means, Kelly knows everything he's doing. Uh, but I think Ryan, I think Baylor's going to be the team that's going to walk out on that one. I think it's going to live or die on their opposite. They've gotten a ton out of their opposite. Uh, Dutch, a Dutch woman, left-handed. Yeah, they've gotten a lot out of her in the last few matches. Totally impressed with what what they did because I I didn't think a lot of them coming in in terms of being number one. Were they one of the top teams in the country? Sure. Did I think they're number one? No. And obviously, to this point, they've proven it. They've disposed of a Purdue team that. Could have been good, has been good throughout the year. 
Uh, and then they took care of Washington as well pretty handily. So Washington's am, good, too, I think. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're a very good team. Yeah. I, I, I'm really impressed this year with the sheer number of women's teams that have true right sides that stay in all the way around and hit D balls. I'm also impressed Finally. by – Yeah, right. And I'm also impressed with the teams that are running a true style BIC rather than just a high ball in the middle, yeah. and they're doing it not only in service but in transition as well. That Those two things to me are showing – uh, some real promise for the future of women's volleyball. I like that a lot. Baylor's certainly doing that, and yeah. that girl is just beasting. Yeah, yeah. Because nobody knows how to block it. That's the. It's almost like the jump serve of the eighties. Yeah, but that Presley. We're talking about Presley is mm-hmm. unreal. Yeah. I mean, there are there are attacks that she takes. Now, listen, on the regular, she's otherworldly. But there are some attacks where she jumps, and you know this having watched some jumpers, you're like. That play was unreal. Yeah. That play was even another step beyond the normally fantastic play of that player. Yeah, it stands out more in, in women's volleyball, too, I think, because, you know, the physicality as far as jumping goes is less of a a thing in yeah. that game. Right? I mean, you have, like, these kind of big, tall sticks out there now. I mean, the the other outside hitter at Baylor, and I don't know if everyone's dad was an offensive lineman or what, because Presley's number 22, and the other outside is number 77. I kid you not. <laughs> I, I appreciate non-volleyball numbers. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's great. And, and I do. Uh, I like seeing kids wear other numbers. Well, Jace was saying her teammate at uh, at Cal in softball like had 54 or something because her dad was uh, a linebacker or something. I so that was it. a nod to him. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I don't – it doesn't bother me. I don't mind it. I just am not sure it's at the direction it's all going. I mean, it should be. I mean, we, if you look at – I'll use my program as an example. You know, we have 20 guys or whatever, but I have two numbers within the 20 that are retired. So now I've got to go above because I, I got two numbers that have to – You don't like non-traditional volleyball numbers? Do you also want colors to come back? <laughs> and be cotton and, uh, and yeah. wool? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm colorblind. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me. I just – it's not something that I'm – I like I like to see a seventy seven out there or a sixty one or a whatever. How, can we do decimals? Can we do fractions? No, well, no one's so, ever done that. So <laughs> yeah. It's a number. It's we don't need to derail into this whole conversation, <laughs> but uh if and when legislation gets passed nationwide where kids can benefit from their likeness and mm. so forth. Don't you think we're going to end up like going to kids choosing their jersey numbers yeah. so that I can sell my jersey? You know, for sure. Yeah, I don't want to be just yet another number five or whatever. Right? That's a really my, in, my that's former, a great conversation to get into. By the way, my former intern Alex Kelly. What number do you think she wore? Alex Kelly, forty-seven. Correct. What? Wow. What? AK forty-seven, bro. Oh no! God, not just smart. a hat rack, man. You are smart, dude. <laughs> well, that's uh, Andre Karolenko. That's the only reason I know because oh, that okay. was his nickname, right? AK forty-seven. Uh, yeah, I did not know that. That's that's really cool, huh? All right. Well, I'm I'm actually I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Minnesota and Baylor. Okay, I right. like them apples just just to be different. I, I I have no reason to pick Minnesota over Stanford, other than the fact that I, I like Hugh. And I'm gonna, yeah. I'm take gonna that Hambly. Yeah, take that Hambly. In your face, Hambly didn't hire me one year. He, uh, he yeah, yeah. Take me that. Didn't hire me, so I'm going against oh, him this time. Yeah, actually, Alex Kelly wore 21, but she should have worn 47. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing you talked about, though, the NCAA allowing to play—is that is? I mean, that's happening here, right? It's 
in California? Allegedly. Well, Allegedly. it was California, now it's NCAA. Does the NCAA allow it to happen nationally? And I think it only affects no, two sports. they're going to. Oh, they are. They're going to let it happen. 2023 or whatever. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what a shit show that turns into. Well, it's only really going to affect two sports, right? And then there might be some periphery players here and there. You have a big-time donor of the volleyball team right. who says, right. hey, I've got extra money to burn, and, you know, hey, let's give a little bit here. I, I get all that part. But on the, mo- on the whole, it's going to be basketball and football. Right. right, right, and you want it, some I just, volleyball programs. The ones we mentioned may benefit Hawaii, sure, Nebraska. Sure, yeah. I just think it's going to create just a bigger separation of the haves and have-nots. To be, be honest with you, for uh, sure. Uh, but uh, it, I, I think there are a lot of questions, like what it's going to do to the dynamics within teams when you know Barnett can make five extra grand a month, and you and I don't make anything. You know, like sort of. Mm, I, I don't. I don't agree. Of course, that there should be, you know, millions and billions of dollars made and the athletes who are are responsible for that are getting none of that. Right. I don't agree with that concept, but I also think there's a novelty to the notion that in college, we're all on the same team. We're all on the same level. There's there's like a brotherhood or a sisterhood that goes along with being on these teams and us all kind of being on level footing. Right. No, so now when you're the star quarterback, you know, when you're when you're Burrow down there and you're you're raking in 10, 15 grand a month and third string quarterback is like not even on scholarship. Right. Like, how does that read to everybody? How does that register in the locker room? Yeah, that's that's I, I would agree with that 100 percent. And now do I have an agent? Am I allowed to have an agent who negotiates all that stuff? That's for one me? thing I was wondering. Do, You'd we, have to. do we go back? I mean. If you're a full scholarship athlete, you're not allowed to have a job, right? Because of these no-show gigs that football players used to get where, you know, I'm, I'm technically working 40 hours a week at the dealership and I'm making 60 grand a year or whatever, right? Because right. it's boosters. Well, if you put my picture up at the dealership, right. can I do that now? Right. Right. Doesn't it just revert back to oh, that yeah. system? Oh, yeah. Well, and that's how the you know they would they would call them speaking engagements, and you would be paid a nominal fee, but that fee would be fifteen grand for you know you hanging out at the dealership all day waving hands and. Yeah. So if this starts in twenty twenty three. What year does SMU get the death penalty? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they become prominent again in yeah. the nation because they've already got the groundwork laid for how to do that properly. Now, you know, <laughs> I, 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 Let's get this manual back out. <laughs> Jeez, Louise! Oh my God! It, well, yeah, I, I think it's going to be not a great thing. I mean, of course, if your likeness is being used, you should be able to benefit from it. But I think the things that go along with that yeah. are going to be it's a slippery worse. slope. Yeah. Did you want to say hi to Dan Leninovich? Dan Leninovich, dude. In London. Lives in London, he said. He lives in London? Oh, I was like, who's here in the house? I didn't see anybody walking. <laughs> you got to just point at the camera, Jay. There you go. I got, that I got guy a... was one of my favorite guys I ever played with. A terrific roll shot, that dude. Yeah, just amazing touch on yeah. the ball, right? Yeah. And and one of the things I loved most about him is like on scramble plays, for example, you know, a lot of times, especially in collegiate volleyball, since we're talking about that a lot, you know, you dig a ball, I chase it down and throw it up high in the middle of the court. Somebody just kind of comes in and bumps it over. I kid you not, this guy, Dayon, that we both played with, right, he was facing the back line one time, and the ball goes up high, and he full, like, jumps 180 in the air and takes a cut at it. Wow. Right? Just to, I mean, you know, he didn't kill that ball. But right. He took just a Just the wherewithal to, 
to do that instead of just shoveling it over right, right. was so impressive, I thought. And that was a kind of a consistent thing that he would do. That's, that's a testament to not only his belief in himself to be able to do something like that, but also his coach to allow him to do something like that. His coach was Hugh. <laughs> what I, what I appreciate about Dan in go. retrospect is that Dan was a professional volleyball player, and mm-hmm. I was playing professional volleyball, but I really wasn't <laughs> a professional volleyball player. Right, right. And, and in retrospect, I should have listened to Dan a bit more mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and tried to model what, what he was doing. So yeah. would have been uh, would have been a good move by me. <laughs> That goes with the old adage, you know, the older I get, the smarter my parents were. Right, <laughs> right. No, he's, Youth he's a is player. wasted on the young. <laughs> Classic stuff. So, yeah, so you have the opposite of what I have. I do. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick Wisconsin to win it, though. Oh. Just, just for fun. But I, I think that's the best final. Those two <laughs> against each other is the best final. Wisconsin-Stanford? I think so. Yeah. Two Maybe. complete teams. A like lot of firepower. Think- Anyone who picks otherwise is just like a total jackass. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's me. Probably <laughs> a men's coach. Right here. Who has, who has two thumbs and is a total jackass. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what will happen. But we'll see. It's a nice Final Four. Uh, yeah. It's going to be late matches. It's pretty far away and so close to Christmas. Can we not bump it a week in these years when it's like now on you, top of Christmas? Now you're understanding my, my challenge. I would be there if it were last week. I would be there. Yeah, I would consider going if it yeah. was last week. Yeah. I would consider presenting again. I consider going to the convention and doing all the fun stuff. But I just, it's, it's killing me. It's killing me. But if I buy a plane ticket today, can you get me a media pass still, or is it too late? I'm getting static on that actually. So huh. yeah, we'll see. So no. Really? Why <laughs> are you just being shunned out completely, huh? I don't. There's somebody new running it, so she has questions r- about what we even do. Kevin, Kevin running into some rum, rum springer issues. Is that what it's called? Rum springer? <laughs> being shunned? Have you gone Dwight Schrute on this? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I thought that was a, a German heavy metal band. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the Amish. Isn't it, isn't it I the, like the Fantastic Conveyor. <laughs> Fantastic. No, rum springer yeah. is the is the ability for a kid in the Amish community to go off for a year and try to. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, and then when they come back, they they get shunned if they uh, if they if they never come back or whatever. It's it's like a you haven't been watching any of these shows. Listen, listen. I lived in Pennsylvania for Jay, a number of years. I, I know a little bit about that's it. That's fantastic, though. I do like some obscure <laughs> trivia. <laughs> I appreciate it as well. Rumspringer, Romstein, do yeah, do Haas. Listen, I could, I could average about a two eighty five in bowling if you gave me five more frames. <laughs> And if you caught that reference, I'm proud of whoever yeah. you are out there. And, Didn't see it. And, I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> but Reverend, that's one of my vices. Okay, too. <laughs> oh, dude, I was actually thinking about that when you were talking earlier about wide births. Because that's, that's a... Uh, <laughs> yes. That's a, a Ernie McCracken. Rent. Give him a wide berth. <laughs> Time sometimes, to pay the rent. <laughs> sometimes when I wake up in the morning, Mr. McCracken's already there. <laughs> Dude, when he lines up to take the hike and gives the... Ready, all one! <laughs> that movie, that movie, the first 40 minutes are fantastic. The middle, like, 40 are terrible. <laughs> and the last 25 are amazing. Oh, my gosh. Like, the, the whole, you can throw the whole middle of the film out, but just watch the front and the back. It's Classic. Absolutely classic. How about how about when he's teaching him about you know the side hustle and they're sitting at that thing and he looks over at the booth with the women. Hi, <laughs> not you. Hi. <laughs> I mean, I like, so good, right? 
makes me think of Woody Harrelson when he's eating the cereal. Supplemental income? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you take that outside and finish it? <laughs> Tangerine and tap. Keep them coming. I got a long drive ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That is impressive. The, yeah. the sheer number of lines you guys are coming from that movie. Is How about this time, one? sweetness. Little, little off color for the podcast, maybe, but it's a small world when you got a great set of tits. <laughs> so many good lines. Wow. Don't want to get Munson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for those of you that are not aware, uh, Kingpin is the reference. Kingpin. Just in case they are not aware. They're probably sitting at home going, God dang it, tell me the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, if Fantastic. Sorry about that. I like you think anyone's listening to this. Yeah, right. It's all three people. <laughs> it's, it's us listening to ourselves. It's us and Dayon. <laughs> That's right. And Giuseppe. I got a text message from Giuseppe. Oh, he's, yeah? Uh, he's watching as well. Hey, so, Giuseppe, what's going on? Uh, Juice is just like creating the next greatest Volleyball oh. stat app hey, for us. Uh, coach of the decade and uh, <laughs> number one man in the AIVA, Mark Pavlik tuned in. Yeah, oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Hey, Pav, what's going yeah, actually, on? Actually, it said it, it, right here it says Mark Pavlik, number one coach in the AIVA, is watching. I don't know why that pops up. <laughs> Does it really say yeah. that? It's weird that's already in his bio. <laughs> <laughs> that is so fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I loved working with that guy. He's so much fun. I still wish, Jay, that I had a copy of. What I wrote to you when you mm-hmm. gave your speech that you were at yeah. George Mason. I, bring, I probably bring it up every year, and I <laughs> still said just it expresses my sadness in not having kept that little bit of text to read it over and over again. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I sent it to Pav, and he was just beside himself dying. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that? So, we, Pav, there's a billion great Pav stories, but one of my favorites of all time, we're playing at Lewis. And Lewis is doing an event that night on the in the gym, and they're calling it like their ESPN game day. So they had, you know, guys sitting on a table, and they had a crowd behind them, and they all had signs, and it was like this big deal. Really, really cool. We walked into the gym, and you know, some of the signs, you know, you know, Nick Goodell listens to Nickelback and stuff like, you know, just silly stuff. One of them, Pav is There's walking. Just fighting words right there. <laughs> if, if you if you know Pav, he has a pretty specific walk. You know, he just kind of you know gets in there, and he, you see him go, and he turns, and he walks, and he turns, and he looks, and he laughs, and he goes, "Oh, I got to take a picture with these guys." They had a <laughs> they had a sign that says, "Pav eats his subway sandwiches sideways." <laughs> What? It was the fun. And Pat went and took a picture with him. <laughs> That's Pat. He walked up. He goes, That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. He took a picture with these guys. I loved it. Oh, you know, to be able to have a little self humility there and just. He, he was such a great guy to work with. I loved him. You got to appreciate a good heckle. Yeah. When it's well, I mean, you know. So and so, you suck is like the yeah. dumbest thing ever. But if somebody comes up, unless with a you good follow one, it up with you, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> so James Claney is an alum of Mason, and when we were at Penn State, we would go play them. Obviously, <laughs> James sat in the in the stands, obviously, and Dennis Del Valle was our libero, and this is his senior year. And let's just say that Dennis was dating somebody and had gotten a little fat and happy. I'm just going to leave it at that. Out of nowhere, it's dead silent. And all of a sudden, James stands up and he goes, hey, Dennis, you're the best 38-30 in the game. And <laughs> and that was – the staff just started laughing. As we, <laughs> how do you not laugh at something like that? Because he didn't good. get it. Because he turned he's yeah. like, huh, I don't understand. What is yeah. he talking about? Funny stuff. Funny stuff. That is, that is a little, like, obscure, but it's hilarious. <laughs> I, uh, I remember seeing a, an interview with Greg Oden, if you remember him. The basketball player. Basketball yeah, yeah. player. Uh, who looks 
really old for his actual age, right? And they asked him, what's the best heckle you've heard? <laughs> he said somebody asked him what the Civil War was like. <laughs> <laughs> he said that was pretty good. <laughs> Got to appreciate oh that. Oh, my gosh. Got to appreciate that. We asked Taylor you know, Crab what the best heckle was this year. I asked him up in Seattle. Did you ever see that little clip of video? I don't. Uh, that sounds familiar, but what was his answer? Uh, people heckle him about his nipples. Oh, yeah. That Myself included. That they're super <laughs> tiny. Oh, dude. Yeah. They're like, so, of course, we're on the video. I'm like, well, we got to see your nipples now. Oh, no. You know, if you're, if you're like, go, diabetic and you use one of those, like, finger pricks to get, like, a blood, like, it looks like somebody's <laughs> with, ding, <laughs> and there's, like, a little blood spot. God, so, I got this image <laughs> in my head. I can't get it out. So, he says that somebody was heckling him about him, and he turned to him and goes, yeah, but you know you love him. <laughs> I just imagine that exchange going on. It's an appropriate response from Taylor. Yeah. Absolutely oh, appropriate. By the way, you guys are doing a fantastic job on the AVP next thing. That's oh, really, really good stuff. I, uh, I I shudder to think. I mentioned it years ago uh, as, the, as the, uh, the future potentially of it being online, and they've taken it and ran with it. It's, and not because I said it, of course, and make that full disclosure. <laughs> but I thought that that was the direction it was going to go, and you guys are doing a great job. And I, and I, like, wa- I like watching it again, which is what I was not doing for years. Cool. I wasn't watching it anymore. But you guys are doing good stuff. And I'm hoping you're continuing, yes? Next year, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got one more deal, one more year at least, and we'll see after that. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I got a table over here you can buy. <laughs> What table is it? It's a it's a volume. We might be the perfect customer for that, except that I got to ship it to Washington. Oh, is that the table? I thought that was just a picture. You oh. know what? I actually might be interested in that. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, we'll talk a deal afterwards. We'll do, we'll do a deal. Nice. Uh, merch. Speaking of buying things, merch, the hats and NetLive shirts. I got next set shirts. We're clearing them out. So uh, if you want one, this is. I think today's the last day. Jeremy's telling me because he's shutting down his Vala Clothing website. V a l a Clothing dot com. Go there today and you can buy stuff. Clearance prices. We're getting rid of it all. Wow. Uh, just a few left, and uh, that'll be that. So get over there and get. We have a lot of hats left. I know, like this one, the Net Live uh, Volleyball Original Podcast two thousand nine. We've got the uh, the shirts. A few of those left in various sizes. And go ahead and clear them out. V a l a Clothing. Those are going to be vintage things. We have, uh, you know, that I got next set. People have the Hurley one that we did first that Reed put together with the NetLive logo wow. on it. That was the first one. I think I still have a blue one of those floating around somewhere. I'm going to frame that up. Put that somewhere. Put, put it next to Jcade. Yeah. Still right wish we it. had an arcade machine. Don't know what happened to your buddy. Uh, I don't either. Jason, if, if you're, if you're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text him again and be like, hey, dude. Yeah, I think he got out of it. I think he got out of the business because he was doing other things. But yeah. maybe he'll maybe do he's a special He's got kids and stuff, too. I know he's busy. He's a but teacher. Yeah. Not JK, man. Right? I think it's so much use. It's unreal. I might buy this table. Great. <laughs> Bidding war. Bidding what? War. Who is it? I don't know. Who is it? Edward Krumpsky. Yeah, I don't know who Edward Krumpsky is. That's a. Uh, oh, that's impressive though. I think it's in quotes though. Maybe he's just quoting Jay. I don't think there's an actual bidding war happening. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say sight unseen. That's really uh, impressive. Yeah. Men's season know. starts up. Yes, we. Uh, and then we're uh, out of here. We uh, are getting ready to ramp up the 2020 season. Uh, again, we are hosting the national championships this year in our Eagle Bank Arena, which is our big basketball gym. Seats about 10,000 people. 
uh, and it's a fantastic venue. Uh, first match out of the gate, UCLA on the fourth. Then we got Stanford and USC coming in, and we got Ohio State coming in, and Pepperdine, Irvine, Long Beach. All coming to your place? All coming to our place. Wow. We have 19 home matches this year. Wow. And we're only, the only weekends we're on the road are for conference matches. And it's par for the course. When you host, everybody wants to come and right. see the Play venue. Your venue yeah. the, the bummer is, is that they're only. I think there's only two matches in that venue when they're not teams that are coming in from out of town, but I'm going to walk them through and let them at least see it and kind of be a part of it. It's a bu- I wish we could do that, but we just got uh, the the sleeves and the floor that we can use, so it's kind of a bummer. But yeah, it's um, it's exciting. I think Hawaii is leading the charge. They're the team to beat this year. Seems I, think, I think UCLA is going to be in the hunt. Uh, I think out of the Midwest, uh, I think the team right now is Lewis, Lewis but I yeah. think IPFW or just PFW could be a dark horse team. Yeah. Um, and then on the East Coast, there's uh, four teams that I think are really, really good. I think Penn State, Princeton's probably going to be the number one team in the conference starting out. Uh, I think we're going to be in that hunt. And I think NJIT is going to be the team that's going to surprise a few people. My Highlanders? Your Highlanders. They have got um, a guy named Alvaro Jimeno who plays on their Spanish men's national Jimeno? team. Jimeno? Jimeno. He is about 6'8", six, 6'9", six, and is very, very good. He's a junior this year. I think they're going to be a dark horse out of that place. Uh, Conference Carolinas, I, I think Barton is okay, probably going to be the over. team. Yep, and there we go. Uh, Big West, obviously, Hawaii. And then MPSF, I think UCLA. BYU number one, the coaches did. That surprised me. Yeah, UCLA and BYU are the two. And I, I don't think BYU is I, – I, I wouldn't have put them number one. I might have put them number two. I think the MPSF is wide open. Did the coaches make that vote? Or yes. was it the Lord? <laughs> hmm? God is our seventh man. <laughs> no, I, I, the coaches make One that can only guess is the influences that were upon those coaches. At the time, they were asked <laughs> to make that decision. All right. That's it. That's it. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm sad this is ending. So this is my last time. Well, you year. can next week, next year when you're here, you can come in and we'll just sit around and talk. Yeah, there we go. That uh, listen, don't, don't, don't put up an invitation you're not willing to uh, uphold because I will be here. V a l a clothing dot com. That's where you want to be. Yeah. Clear out the net live merchandise. I want to thank Jay Hasek for being here and good luck on the men's season. Enjoy thank you. that. Enjoy thank Mexico you. first. Glad we got you a little head start. There we go. Richie, thanks for coming up. We'll, uh, we'll probably see you for a, a last episode sometime in January, February time, and uh, we're gonna try and put together a little party gathering, and uh, and blow it out. All awesome. Right. Thanks to you, listener. <laughs> and Jeremy, hopefully you come next time so this is all hooked up properly. Thanks. See ya. What are we selling the table? <coughs> I, like, I thought it was a picture. I didn't know it was an actual table. Hold on. Yeah, it's a-